This call is now being recorded. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Boyce and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners who've been coming to my website and blog for years, listening to the words of wisdom from our authors. And today joining me from the Seattle area is May McCarthy. And May has written a new book called The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance. Good day to you, May. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just great, Greg. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for being on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes with our listeners to discuss your new book and to provide them with some insight about, you know, how you've made your success and your connection, as we were saying, between spiritual practice and success. I'm going to let my listeners know just a tad bit about you, May. Um, Since 1982, May has helped to start and grow six successful companies as large as $100 million in annual revenues. She is a best-selling author, speaker, university lecturer, and angel investor. She serves on business, philanthropic, arts, and university boards. She has become successful by implementing spiritual practices into her ventures, and it is her passion to pass her knowledge on to others. And as I mentioned, May is the author of this new book, you can find out more about her at www.maymccarthy.com. And that's M-A-Y-M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y.com. Well, May, um, you st- I start right off because you start right off in your book and you refer to the CSO, the Chief Spiritual Officer, as a universal source for our listeners to achieve this connection, this this way to make a connection every morning. How do our listeners access this chief spiritual officer within inside of them and discern that it truly is this chief spiritual officer that they're listening to? Oh, that's a great question. And what I will tell people is that they've all had experiences of something that we refer to as intuition. Um, either you've experienced it, a gut feeling, a thought that seems to have flown into your mind from somewhere, um, but there's, there's this idea of having these messages that show up, and we often don't know what to do with them, and only after the fact do we recognize that, wow, if I would have done what I thought I should have done, uh, I would have had this great success, or I would have avoided this mistake. And it's my position that we can do something that, you know, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, and others have claimed that they've done as part of their success, and that is we can enable intuition and these spiritual messages to be sent to us and enable them to show up more often in a more obvious way if we actually word our goals properly. So the key here is to wake up every morning and have this meeting with whatever you want to call that source, that source of all-knowing, infinite intelligence, that source of intuition, uh, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, that characteristic that shows up to give us messages to help us achieve our goals or to keep us safe. The key is to meet every single day and actually describe with gratitude your completed goals. Goals so that now, you have as though they're already completed. 
Now you may, you have these CSO meetings, not only in the morning, but you have them in the evening as well. So tell us really kind of your format. What do, what do our listeners need to do? do? You do meditate before to try and get in the right space. How is it that you make that connection? We know that the angels and the spirits are always there for us. The reality is getting in touch and discerning and listening and then taking action on what they're telling us. Um, what does your practice look like? Oh, sure. Well, I'm a self-proclaimed efficiency expert, and I don't like to waste a whole lot of time. And I've trained thousands of salespeople and customer service people and even executives to achieve more of their goals. So I have a pretty regimented schedule. And the first four steps take place in a meeting with what I call the chief spiritual officer. As a CEO, I keep people whose advice I value in my C-suite, like my CFO, my COO, my CIO. So I decided to bring spirit into my business, and I actually place it at the top of my org chart. So this is a meeting that is very, very serious. I mean, you're, you're going to meet for 25 to 30 minutes every single morning with this new spiritual partner that it's going to guide you and direct you towards the goals that you want to achieve. So the first thing that you do for five minutes is read something that puts you in an uplifting mood. That sets your tone for the rest of the meeting. Mm -hmm. The next 10 minutes is to write out a gratitude letter to this infinite intelligence, all-knowing power, uh, which I call CSO, and say thank you for all these things that I have. And thank you for all these things that I want as though I already have them. So you're programming not only your subconscious mind, but this wonderful abundant universe to show up to help you to make those statements true. Well, you, next, have, oh. you have this seven-step process that you've, you've kind of gone into for the readers. And yes, the first is to read something positive. But I wanted to ask you a question about that because you mentioned in the book, um, one of the things that you read as a kid was this book called The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Shin. It seemed to me as if that book had a really powerful impact on your life. Um, why and what other books would you recommend to our listeners to read? Because look, there's a plethora of things out there. You mm -hmm. are somebody who's been quite successful. I think our listeners would like to hear, hey, what is May's reading list and why? And why did that book in particular have an impact on you? Oh, sure. Well, first of all, I think there are a tremendous number of books that are great for reading. But for this practice, you've got five minutes of the reading portion in this daily practice. Mm -hmm. And so the books that I choose that are like Florence Scovelshin's Game of Life or Catherine Ponder's Dynamic Laws of Prosperity, anything that has short stories, that talk about ordinary people having extraordinary experiences as they connect with spirit are the kinds of books that are good for this practice. And I have a whole list of them in the back of my book. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, good. So they are in the back of the book for the readers. They can, they can look at them there. So sure. you are into writing this gratitude letter and this gratitude statement. I think that's where you were in your, in your steps. How has this helped you? And why do you believe uh, that gratitude step is so important? It's so important because that's where you're getting your goal down on paper. 
And many, many successful people will tell you that when they revisit their goals daily, not just at the beginning of the year and then put it in a drawer, but every single day and they keep it at the forefront of their thoughts, what ends up happening is you start to notice more possibilities to make those statements true or to take steps along a path to achieve your goals. So writing down your goal statements with gratitude as though you've already achieved them. And I'll give you an example. You might hear people say things like, I want to lose 10 pounds. We all hear friends of ours that say, wow, I'd really like to lose 10 pounds. Well, to make that statement true, to be wanting to lose 10 pounds, the goal is to be wanting to lose. So you always have to be 10 pounds overweight to make that statement true. Uh-huh. So people people aren't wording their goals properly, and we work on that. Uh, what a well, better wouldn't, goal... you put, wouldn't you put that statement in something like, I, I have released 10 pounds? I mean, I've heard this statement. How would you reframe that, May? I would say, I am so grateful that I have a physically fit, trim, toned, energetic body that is pain-free and easily goes on hikes and walks with my family and friends, and we have such a good time. There you go. So that's a great example, and that's what my listeners are looking for. Now, one of the things you talk about in the book in this uh, third step is this is speak with emotion, and it appears that when you we do this, we anchor our thoughts um, and whatever it is we're attempting to get done into the subconscious mind. Speak with my listeners about emoting and speaking with emotion. Sure. So what ends up happening, every school teacher will tell you that when you read something out loud, you remember it more deeply. When I'm reading legal contracts, I I read them out loud so that I can understand them more. So when you're reading out loud, you're, you're anchoring that into your subconscious and into you personally um, to be something that's important. And what that does is it also helps your brain to recognize that you're serious about this. And one of the things that I've noticed is when people have really big goals, really big goals that are larger than anything that they've had before, it sometimes works against them in terms of how their brain is trying to protect them. Their brain will, will, wants to help them avoid disappointment. So it might actually work against them and prevent them from seeing these possibilities and opportunities to take steps to make those goals true. But here's what happens. There's lots of different research that's been done and lots of studies that have been done that show that when we repeat something over and over and over again, and we're really letting our brain and our subconscious know that we're serious about this, that this is really important to us, and the reading part is important to us. When we speak it out loud, we're telling our everything in us that we're very serious about this goal. And what ends up happening is that we, we start to reactivate these, these neurotransmitters, these neural pathways that are helping us to see these possibilities, to see these messages, to see these um, um, oppor- uh, possibilities of taking steps to get to our goal. And that's a very, very important thing. I have a friend of mine that wanted to be a professional singer, but she was a scientist by trade. And after about six months of doing this process, 
she started to really believe that that was a possibility. She started to show up at events and compare herself. And once she really felt like that is a possibility, I believe that that's possible, did she start to notice leads and and intuitive messages and her subconscious pointing her in different directions to achieve that goal? And, And she did. Well, you know, one of the things that is interesting about that is all the science leads today to the ability to reprogram those neurotransmitters and those those dendrites in between the brain. And we know because the brain research in the last five years has just come so far. Right. Um, and we can do that. And I think there's a plethora of information for our listeners out there on um, what's going on, brain science. One of those areas is actually visualization, and you call mm-hmm. imagine experiencing your good. Um, if you will, speak with the listeners about the power of visualization in your estimation. How has it helped May McCarthy to build six you know, multi-million dollar companies to stay on track, to attract the right people into your life? Because look, you don't go this alone, May. There isn't anybody that builds a hundred million dollar company by themselves. So oh, what, what is what is it that you've done as a successful entrepreneur to visualize this and keep it in your mind's eye? Right. So when you're writing out your goal attainment statements, you would include things like, I'm so grateful that all of the employees that work for us um, are the right employees. I'm so grateful that only those people that are for our highest and best good show up and all others find their good elsewhere. So assembling a team is also something that you can write down as a completed goal. So in terms of building businesses, you can do this in regards to customers, in regards to health, in regards to finances and people that you surround yourself with. I had one of my uh, students decide that one of their goals was to – not have Uncle Bob be a pain in the butt at the family reunion. And I I laughed and I said, you can't have that as a goal because if you do, what's going to happen is your subconscious and this messaging center is going to help you notice more possibilities of Uncle Bob being a pain. Mm-hmm. So a better, a better goal would be, I'm so grateful that I attend this family reunion and I have a great time. With and Uncle Bob. All, and that all my all my relationships and interactions are harmonious. Mm-hmm. Now what that what that will do is just it might help her not to notice Uncle Bob doing what Uncle Bob normally does. It might be that she walks out of one room and Uncle Bob walks in and she just sorta is guided and directed to sorta miss him. And so she doesn't notice what she doesn't want. Mm-hmm. So With the imaging part, this is a technique that athletes, um, musicians, and successful business people use on a daily basis. They set aside a particular time during the day to do their mental training, to see themselves in the completed goal, winning the match, achieving the sales quota, uh, having the great relationships with customers, having powerful teams that are innovative and, and wonderful, pushing forward to have the most successful and miracle-making company that ever existed. Wonderful. So these, this, this imaging practice is essentially putting yourself in the finished goal. See yourself there 
And then everything in the universe will align to help you make that statement true. So one of your seven steps, uh, May, is expect leads and follow directions. And you mentioned that when you get flashes or hunches, not to question them. Okay, and that's the discernment part I talked about in the first question. In the first question, um, just what do you you feel when this CSO, this chief spiritual officer, uh, comes in, and how are you intuiting that? Because you know, it, when you go to the greatest successful business people around, uh, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, they'll all tell you that intuition was a huge guide. And I'm sure you're going to say the same thing. Um, but sometimes people are a little off on it. They're maybe not picking the right things. How do you hone it in? Well, first of all, I'll tell you that um, most people have had, I mean, everyone I've talked to certainly has had some sort of intuitive experience. Um, they may have heard, had the phone ring and, and just knew who it was before they answered it. Well, that that messaging is coming from a really great place, but because you're not in a relationship with that source yet, it can take some effort to discern whether or not that's the CSO talking to you or not. So what I recommend people do is to recognize that that gift, that intuition, that um, all-knowing universal power that knows everything is available to us all. And uh -huh. that we can, we can start to recognize it more often as we practice this daily um, relationship. And then we'll understand what it is and how it speaks to us. So to begin, you're going to get leads and you're not going to understand what whether or not that's from the CSO or the source of intuition or not. And my position is don't do what you did before, which was nothing. Just stop and ask for another lead. It's that simple. CSO, I don't know if this is from you, but if it is, I need another more obvious sign that shows me that I'm supposed to take this step. If you just ask, you'll get it. But what yeah. a lot of people do is they do nothing. If it doesn't make sense, if it's too scary, if it's um, unusual, then they just disregard it and do nothing. Don't okay. do that anymore. All right. So ask for another guidance. Le so just yeah. keep asking, keep asking, keep asking until right. you're feeling this joint union with the CSO and you're feeling 100% positive about making that decision to move forward with something like that. Exactly. Um, Keep okay. asking. Now you say uh, celebrate and note demonstrations. You mentioned that celebrating when anything good shows up in your life. Um, in your mind, how does celebrating or elevating these events in our, our life? Um, I watched a video where you were dancing around with a bunch of ladies, um, <laughs> which is fine. I, you know, I think people, they need to dance. They need to celebrate. But why is it that you believe that the celebration part of it um, is so valuable and you decided to put it as one of the steps? Oh, a couple of reasons. First of all, it's fun to do. And when you have positive emotions, you're lighting up that frontal part of your brain. Uh -huh. And that's been proven to show that you're more able to focus and see more possibilities. And that's what this practice is about, is seeing more possibilities as led by your CSO. Uh -huh. 
So celebrating ends up being fun, and you start to expect to want to celebrate more often. It's a fun practice. So consequently, as you're expecting and watching for leads and you get to celebrate, your whole body is now on high alert to really notice when those messages are coming in because it's just so much fun to celebrate. And what I tell my um, people that attend workshops or have contacted me after reading the book is to find one person that can be your celebration partner. And it doesn't even have to be somebody that's, you know, in close proximity. Perhaps you could send the word, text the word celebrate to them and they know that you're both doing this prosperity practice and that when time allows, you can get on a call or on Skype and tell each other about what happened that caused you to want to celebrate. And that also promotes this expectation, this this wonderful desire to look for possibilities so that you can celebrate. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now you say end your day with gratitude and forgiveness and forget. I know in, in business and in personal lives, um, frequently we get in positions as human beings. We're, uh, we're this uh, human being in a spiritual body, hopefully. Um, and we have a hard time forgiving. Mm. Um, we, somebody's done something detrimental to us. Um, we don't feel like forgiving. We get angry. We get mad. How has it worked for you to put a practice of forgiveness um, and how meaningful has that been in your own personal life? Oh, it's huge. Um, I ask people to think about um, their being, their actual physical body, um, kind of like a vessel. And here they, they want very, very much to receive more of the good things that they want. But if their vessel is already full, if their attention is elsewhere, then there's no room to receive the good things that they want. So this idea of giving forth or forgiving, this giving forth of anything that is not serving you and is taking up room within you that's preventing you from receiving what you want, I ask people to just give it forth. And they don't even have to believe the prayer that I ask them to say at night, it still has an effect. And what it's doing is saying that anyone from my past or present, including myself, that needs to be forgiven and released now is. That's freeing up room that can then be filled with more of what you want to receive. So this is not for the other person. This is not even for yourself if you need to forgive yourself. This is simply for you personally to make more room for the good that you want to receive. And that's not to say that intuition may give you a nudge or a hit that there is some serious forgiveness work to, that needs to be done around a certain person or a situation, but you'll be guided to take care of that in wonderful, wonderful techniques that are available for, for really deep forgiveness. But for this practice, all you need to do is recognize that you have to make more room within you to receive the good things that you want. And if you filled it up with stuff you don't want, then there's no room to receive. Beautiful. That's a beautiful way to look at it is releasing it. And um, 
letting that anger and frustration go because otherwise you are carrying a heavy, heavy burden around with you. And, and I know for many people, it can be challenging when, when a person has done them wrong in whatever way or, or hurt them in some way. Uh, and emotionally, that has a, a big cut. Um, and I think what May is saying is, is really true for everybody to listen to very deeply. Now, May, as the CEO of building all of these, you know, six different companies and making uh, uh, them profitable and so on, I loved your statement first on about reading the goals every day so that people could stay focused. Mm -hmm. This question is really about focus. It's so easy when you're a serial entrepreneur or startup person or somebody out there is listening today to get sidetracked. Um, there have so many interruptions during the day. They have so many people that want to talk to them or that they are supposed to get to to make their pitch. As somebody who's gone through this, what recommendation do you have to have them stay focused? Mm, that is a, a, a great, great question. Um, and, and that's why I ask people to do this first thing in the morning. Because it's really setting the foundation for the day and letting yourself and the universe and this spiritual all-knowing power that, that you've decided to partner with, it's, it's, it's getting everything in alignment to say, these are the things that are important to me. Uh -huh. This is what I'm going to spend my time focusing on today. Now, that's not to say that life doesn't show up and, and you can get a little sidetracked, but you've at least started the day saying, this is the good that I am going to be experiencing. This is my good. This is, these are my goals. This is what's important. So you're and talking about living a life obviously on purpose uh, it, versus a life by accident. And the reality is, is when you are living a life on purpose, you are connected to the CSO, this chief spiritual officer on a regular basis, because I think a lot of this is divinely created. I, your, your success with your, your companies, the fact that you focused with spirit is also a big reason why you are successful as well. Oh, it's the total reason. Yeah. It's the complete reason. I, right. I, on my own, I am not... Uh, smart enough or capable enough to have created the paths that I've been led down. I would have uh -huh. never dreamed up uh -huh. some of the paths that I followed in order to receive even greater good than I could have ever imagined. The cool thing about this partnership is there are clear roles and responsibilities. Your job is simply to describe and be grateful for what you want, all right? The CSO's job is to create the path and give you one step at a time to take along the path that it designs right. for you to achieve your goals. You either you take a step or you ask for another lead. That's the whole practice. And it and it is can be that simple. And I know you're you're saying that sometimes it's hard for people to really realize it, but the reality is this isn't something that can be forced. Um it happens as a result of your connection with this CSO. And yeah. I'm 100% in agreement with you there. And it doesn't always happen in your time. I think getting tied up 
and expectations of when something is supposed to occur uh, is is a trap that many of us fall into. Right, um, and if there's a goal that is um, something that you really see yourself getting, and you really feel, you know, your whole your whole body and being really knows that, yep, that's my goal, that I, I got that one. Well, then that's going to probably materialize and demonstrate much quicker than if you have a goal. I mean, I remember having some really big, hairy, audacious goals, and they took longer. I still did the practice every single day. I still wrote out, I read out loud, I imagined, I did the practice every single day. But it took longer because I had to change I had to change inside to really believe that that picture of achieving that goal that I've been having in my mind's eye was really, in fact, possible. So the practice still works. It just might take some of your goals a little longer to materialize as you change inside to welcome them. Well, May, I think you've shared some very practical yet spiritual advice for our listeners regarding not only just attaining their goals, but being just true advice on how to live your life. I think mm-hmm. many of the lessons that are outlined in this book are lessons, even if somebody isn't a serial entrepreneur, you can practice. Um, this doesn't have to be business. And I'm going to let my listeners know again, uh, the book is called The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance. You can uh, go to www.maymaymccarthy.com and you can learn more there. May, is there anything else you'd like to let our listeners know where they can go to get information? I noticed you have a great Facebook page. You've got about 13,000 followers there. Uh, We'll put that link up there as well. Um, Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, they can connect via the website. You can find LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Google Plus and Facebook, and I'd love, love to be in connection with your listeners. And and also, I just want to close by saying that, you know, this is something that it, good and and abundance and wealth, which is not just money. It's good health, right relationships, using your skills and talents in remarkable ways. All of that is available to everyone. There is no limit to the abundance that you can experience once you decide to partner with a spiritual partner that can really do the heavy lifting and it's easy to do Um, i hope that they'll get a chance to practice it for a minimum of 30 days and see all the miracles that show up for them well let's not only say that let's have them all go out and get a book you can get this at amazon you get it barnes and noble it's downloaded it's a kindle book however you want to do it i think these seven steps that may has outlined are very valuable uh ones that you can certainly practice. Um, May, again, thanks for spending the time with my listeners. I appreciate you taking this time to impart your wisdom about the seven steps. Thank you so much for having me on.